welcome to the third uh, of our videos on the um, early modern and, and, and modern Britain. And in this period, uh, we're looking at the Stuart era. Um, so if you remember where we left off uh, with the Tudor era, uh, we had um, Elizabeth uh, I uh, was in power. So the Stuart period itself uh, in England lasted from 1603 uh, to 1714. And a bit like the Tudor period, its its span is defined by the ruling family of the time, uh, which was the Stuarts. And this was a period of great Protestant power in England. And politics and religion were, were very hard to separate at this time. Interestingly, the first uh, king of the Stuart era was not actually English. Uh, he was from uh, Scotland and his name was James and he was the King of Scotland before he came to rule England uh, as well, after Queen Elizabeth I uh, died. So this period would see another outbreak of civil war in England. And this time uh, the war was between a rising parliament, a rising government and the old system of absolute monarchy. So this area is very complicated uh, for many reasons. Okay, uh, regarding James. So when Elizabeth I died, uh, England still wanted a Protestant ruler to uh, take over. So this is where James uh, came into the story. Uh, James was the King of Scotland, and he was actually the cousin of Elizabeth I. So he went on to take both the Scottish and the English crown. So he was the, the leader of both countries. And actually, in his first speech to Parliament, uh, King James I uh, expressed his desire to create one state out of England and Scotland. And that state would be uh, Great Britain. So his reign saw many fascinating and uh, important historical developments. But amongst other things, uh, Britain uh, became uh, the United Country, and they adopted the, the a form of the Union Jack flag uh, that we see uh, today. So from this point onwards, uh, England and Scotland were actually uh, kind of synonymous together. However, James would eventually die and he would be succeeded by his son, uh, Charles I in 1625. So King Charles I uh, was a a difficult ruler. Um, he wasn't very popular and he wasn't very uh, effective as a king. Uh, he actually presided over a, a lot of large foreign policy failures and he disliked uh, Parliament, so he disliked the government and he actually suspended uh, Parliament uh, twice. He truly believed in something called the divine rights of kings which is the idea that kings rule their subjects with authority from God. Uh, Charles would eventually uh, remove Parliament entirely, and he would rule England uh, personally, almost like a, a kind of emperor, for around 11 years. It was during this time that England was uh, deeply in debt, and Charles's method for raising money for his kingdom uh, angered uh, many people. So eventually, uh, Charles's uh, way of leading uh, without a kind of parliament, a government, uh, led to open uh, revolt. 
so Scotland itself uh, revolted and it actually removed uh, any English forces uh, that were there. But fighting raged all around Scotland and uh, England. Um, Charles needed large-scale military actions uh, to kind of re-establish control. And eventually he he did uh, form a kind of new parliament in 1640. But this new parliament uh, disagreed with the way uh, uh, Charles wanted to, to rule. And by 1642, uh, the English Civil War uh, had broken out. So the English Civil War had two sides, and they were the parliament and they were the king. So supporters for either side uh, were usually divided by uh, geography. So the king's supporters uh, lived in the countryside, and the parliament supporters uh, tended to live in ports and cities. Eventually, the parliamentarians, who were the supporters of parliament and uh, against the king, uh, they won uh, in 1649. And what they actually did, they they killed Charles, they executed him. Uh, This wasn't the end uh, of the fighting completely, though. And the English Civil War consisted actually of of three separate conflicts, uh, starting from 1642 and actually ending in 1651. So it was actually uh, Britain's worst civil war. One of the developments of this war uh, for Britain was the the creation of the a new model army uh, by the parliamentarians. So if we look at this in terms of uh, military history, uh, this marks a kind of major departure from the previous model of using militias, which are, are, are not professional forces, versus the professional uh, standing army uh, that now came into existence. So the concept of a fully uh, professionalized army was new to Britain. And the troops of this this standing army had had proper training in warfare. Uh, They had regular wages and they developed more uh, tactical uh, skills than they had previously. What what had happened before this time were they were very few uh, full-time soldiers. Uh, The king or the leader at the time would... uh, kind of gather uh, people from their their area. They would fight in whatever war uh, was going on and then they would go back to their regular uh, life. So there wasn't any full-time soldiers uh, up to this point. So one of the most important figures to emerge from this conflict was a man called uh, Oliver Cromwell. Uh, Oliver Cromwell uh, led the parliamentary side in the English Civil War. And uh, later on, he was uh, a politician. So he was a supporter for the, the execution of King Charles I. This execution was a, a kind of event that sent a shock throughout Europe. Um, European powers just didn't kill their leaders. That's just wasn't what was, was normal. And the fact that um, Britain had done it um, kind of made other leaders in Europe uh, a little bit wary. So Oliver Cromwell himself would go on to act as the leader of the first uh, Commonwealth of England from 1653 to 1658. So that was the time that uh, England and Scotland themselves would actually not have a, a monarch. It would just be run by a kind of parliament. 
So Cromwell was able to maintain pace, uh, peace during his reign, uh, but he mainly did this by using the, the new model army um, to uh, kind of run society. So after Cromwell died in 1658, uh, there was a, a political power vacuum, uh, and this, of course, had to be uh, filled. So British society longed for the earlier days of of stability and prosperity, and they wanted to find a solution for the troubles at the time that led eventually to the decision to restore uh, the monarchy. So they they wanted to uh, bring back um, the old system of having a monarch. So this led to King Charles II, who was Charles I's son, and he was established as the new king of Britain. Uh, Charles II was uh, an interesting ruler. Um, he he had learned the lessons from his father. Uh, he he'd studied the history, and he wanted to avoid the mistakes that uh, his father and other monarchs had made. So he was a very even-handed um, ruler, and he introduced very practical reforms. Uh, so, for example, he introduced uh, new methods of taxation. Uh, including a tax on alcohol sales. And in 1660, uh, he formed the Royal Society. So the Royal Society was an organization that uh, sponsored the sciences. And it was during this time that some uh, amazing scientific breakthroughs were made, um, usually by the men that were part of the society or who led it. Uh, so, for example, uh, Isaac Newton himself uh, once led uh, the Royal Society. However, uh, Charles II's reign was not without uh, troubles or issues. Uh, it was during his his reign that uh, Britain uh, had wars with uh, what would now become the Netherlands. So we call these the Anglo-Dutch Wars, and they were a series of conflicts between Britain uh, and the Netherlands. So uh, there were really uh, three uh, a conflict. So the first conflict, uh, Britain won, and but the two subsequent conflicts saw Britain lose. Uh, in the second conflict uh, with the Netherlands, uh, Britain ended up spending uh, 10 times more than it had anticipated, and yet they still lost. Um, so the finances weren't, weren't the greatest uh, at this time, and also some kind of uh, disasters happened uh, during his reign as well that didn't help uh, sort of stabilize the country. So some of these disasters were the Great Fire of London. This was in, in 1666 and the Great Plague in 1665 to 1666. So the Great Plague was a, a, a kind of return to the bubonic plague uh, that had affected uh, the Normans earlier. So these two disasters proved uh, very difficult for Charles. Um, his health would suffer and he eventually would die in 1685 uh, at the age of only 54. So when Charles II died, his death was, was unexpected and he, he was succeeded by his brother, uh, James II. Uh, James II uh, was a Catholic and 
James was a, also a difficult leader. He had a difficult relationship with the, the parliament that had gained a lot of power uh, during the, the civil wars. And of course, being Catholic, uh, he had difficulty with the Protestants in general. So actually, James II's reign would only last three years until 1688. What happened? Influential elites in England and Scotland invited uh, William of Orange, who was the uh, the Dutch leader, uh, to take over uh, the British throne. This may seem somewhat uh, confusing, because why would they in- invite another leader uh, to take over the British throne? Actually, William of Orange was married to James II's daughter, Mary. They wanted her to take the throne, but of course she came with uh, her husband. So they invited them as a, as a pair to take over. So when William of Orange uh, arrived to uh, British shores, uh, he came with an army and James II was so unpopular, his army actually just, just deserted him. So now we have what we call the Glorious Revolution. And the Glorious Revolution was the, the relatively peaceful removal of King James and his replacement by William of Orange and his wife, uh, Mary. So, of course, uh, this stabilized the country in some way. And this revolution had some uh, very important outcomes that that shaped the course of British history. Um What uh, William and Mary did, they established Parliament's sovereignty, uh, which basically meant that Parliament's authority and legitimacy were now fixed. They couldn't be uh, removed or affected by a leader at all. And they also uh, devised something called the Bill of Rights. Uh, The Bill of Rights is what is created. It created what we call a constitutional monarchy. And that made the so-called absolute monarchies uh, a thing of the past. So a, a constitutional monarchy means the the leader is just a symbol. And actually, the running of the, the country was done by uh, parliament completely. They didn't want a repeat of what happened uh, with Charles I. 